we're trying to basically make computers talk. I mean, this is a dream that lots of people have, and we're trying to realize that. Today on 2036, the podcast, we'll hear from Dr. Gino Choi, an associate professor of computer science, quantitative theory and methods, and linguistics at Emory University. We'll also hear from Sarah and James Finch, who are fourth-year computer science PhD students at Emory as part of the team that won Amazon's 2020 Alexa Prize for Artificial Intelligence, their work at Emory continues to push the boundaries of technology and communication to help bring people together. I'm Munir Magjani, president of the Emory University Alumni Board, and I'll be your guide for this conversation. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the 2036 podcast experience. I am Munir McJohnny, president of the Emory University Alumni Board, and I'm happy to be joined with Dr. Chino Choi, James, and Sarah Finch. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very Thank much you. for inviting us. So Dr. Choi is an associate professor of computer science, quantitative theory and methods, and linguistics. Dr. Choi has founded and directed the Natural Language Processing Research Laboratory at Emory for the last seven years. He was a faculty advisor to the Amora team that won the Alexa Prize Social Bot Grand Challenge in 2020 with a $500,000 cash award. We need to be better friends after this, by the way. So two key members of the team are joining us today, James and Sarah Finch. Both are fourth-year computer science PhD students. James has interest in artificial intelligence, natural language processing, and dialogue research. And Sarah's current work focuses on approach to dialogue using semantic graphs and common sense reasoning, as well as pursuing comprehensive and reproducible dialogue system evaluations. I am so excited about this. I read about what y'all did, the award that y'all got, the prestige that y'all brought to Emory, and now to be able to get a chance to really have a conversation with you is really exciting. So as three individuals who were in the field, around the field of linguistics, I'm sure naming this in itself was a pretty fun activity for you. So tell me a little bit about how you got to this name. So Amora, the first of all, it is the female, uh, fem, uh, female name of Emory. So we have a voice of the a female voice. Uh, so it's a female name of Emory. And also yeah, actually in Hebrew, it means a sage skilled in eloquence and persuasion, which is exactly the kind of conversation AI we want to develop. And the reverse form of this, Arome means fragrance in mm. French. Also, the acronym of this is Amore means love in Italian. I love that. I, <laughs> I always find anytime that I'm doing something, the naming exercise is something is so significant, you know, and so kind of like almost a spiritual journey where you wake up and you have this kind of like, oh, this is what it is. So tell us and walk us through a little bit of the journey of Amore and the Alexa Prize. So um, I have to begin with Sarah and James. Actually, yeah. when they first came to Emory University, they have a very clear mind of developing a dialogue management system, and I, they actually had an um, experience as an undergraduate uh, researchers before. But what they actually told me was their experiment failed, and they end up not yeah. making it work. Mm. And for their first year, we didn't actually do the conversational AI research. But in, the second, in, in their second year, which was 2019, we actually got a chance of participating into this competition called Alexa Prize. So we got in and we were, not, we were young and newbie uh, into that area, but we did have a passion and a talent. So those got put together and we actually tried to 
Yeah, so one thing actually about our surprise is we did advance the technology of the conversation AI, but the reason why we won that year, I think, is not about the technology. It's about what human actually wants and needs from the conversational AI. Mm. And we actually have a little bit better understanding than the other teams. And that's, I think, how we actually won this competition. Very interesting. So, James, tell us a little bit about what this does for our listeners who are you know, listening into the podcast that may not know what it exactly does. Walk us through a little bit about what the implications of this are and what it exactly does. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, when uh, we're trying to basically make computers talk, I mean, this is a dream that lots of people have, and we're trying to realize that. But another way, broadly, what we're trying to do is make an interface to technology that's very like human intuitive. Like anyone who's used like Microsoft Excel before can probably attest to the experience of like being on your, your computer and knowing what you want to get done, but you don't like know what button to press or whatever. Like there's some uh, there's some learning curve to using technology. And wouldn't it be easier if we could all just sort of have a back and forth conversation with our computers? and just like tell them what we want. And you know, it's, it's just an yeah. easier interface. That's very interesting. Sarah, can you expand a little bit about what do you think from your background are some of the real world implications of this as well? We actually have a few kind of ongoing projects currently um, for how we can apply this type of conversational AI to real world applications, like you're saying. So for instance, one of the things that we're doing with Emory actually is working on an advising kind of chatbot that can help students who may have questions or need certain kind of informational kind of pieces that they don't really have a good, otherwise a good idea of how to get that information. Or maybe it's some question that maybe they feel a little uh, embarrassed about going to somebody mm -hmm. else to get answers to. I mean, when you're new to a university, it's all kind of exciting, but also scary. And it's good just to have as many resources as possible to get the answers that you want. And so this is one of the kind of applications that we're really excited about. That's amazing. And I think, you know, the power of that, right, of being able to have this conversation is so important. So let's get really nerdy here for a second. <laughs> is this bot basically kind of scanning the world of information and then being able to produce it into conversations? Is that the real technology here? Or is it, it seems like, the way that the conversation is being done is what you guys are doing and you all are doing very uniquely. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, so most uh, chatbots in the field right now sort of have this approach where you take a lot of data and you train the chatbot to basically mimic what whatever data you're you're training it on. So actually, like for this, um, lots of people use Reddit data, mm -hmm. so they'll have a model uh, read a bunch of Reddit posts and use that as a way to sort of um, learn how to have conversation. The disadvantage to those approaches, though, are there's a couple of problems. The models often like forget or hallucinate information because they're they're really just trying to like mimic the training data that they're trained on. And so we're trying to directly address those challenges by having an approach where the chatbot sort of explicitly has some memory and an inference process that drives what it says next. So any response it gives, uh, should be some, you know, coherent, you know, coherent response that's really based on the facts of of the previous conversation or or some knowledge base potentially. Very interesting. So, Dr. Troy, what excites you the most about the chatbot in Nomura? So there are uh, several dimensions of this. From the technology point of view, I believe what we are currently developing is something that does not exist, and obviously it comes with a catch that we have to 
put a lot of work at the front to make this happen. At the same time, once what distinguishes Emerald from the rest of the chatbot right now is rest of the uh, the other chatbots they are trying to mimic what human would have said. But we want to change that part into Emerald actually think and make a logical inference to be able to make a correct responses to other people. So that's the technology side that we're really excited about. But the actual uh, implication of this is the application side. We really want to help out people. So our motto of the Emra is Emra cares for you. So we want to develop a chatbot and we want to use this as an opportunity to talk to the world of our uh, philosophy and show them that there are people who cares for you. So you don't actually have access to talk to me directly, but talk to our bot who actually think alike of what we think about it. So mm. other people can actually have a comfort and companionship from the bot too. So is it fair to say that you're bringing a personality to the chatbots now? Definitely. Is that kind of the real unique aspect? So, you know, I have to ask, right? Everybody, you see these movies with Will Smith fighting bots and AIs, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of benefits to this. What are some of the worries and how do you kind of really handle those challenges when they come your way? I mean, so I guess maybe the prototypical worry that even during the Alexa Prize, we really had to kind of go back and forth on is this idea of privacy mm. and what you do with the information that you mm. get from somebody who's talking to these chatbots. Because it's not necessarily so upfront in the person's mind, you know, if they're just having a really natural conversation with this entity, which is obviously what we're striving for, they might not be so cognizant that they're actually talking to some electrical kind of device that could be recording what they're saying. And we want to make sure that this type of information that's being gathered isn't being used or potentially exposed for any type of like nefarious applications. I love that. I think that's so important, especially with the world of data today, mm -hmm. right? And data privacy and, you know, basically you feel exposed anytime you go online. So I think it's great that we've got individuals like you who are behind this, you know, who can kind of ensure that some of that happens as well. For individuals who are now, you know, excited to either partner with you or learn more about you or use your services for their businesses, where can the audience find more about your work and continue to connect with what you're doing as well? So um, you can actually find this out through our web pages too. So our web page is emorynlp.org. So um, then it, uh, we actually rigorously update the web page for our latest findings and technology. And you can go to the LinkedIn um, page for Emory NLP as well. Very cool. All right, we'll transfer over to some audience questions now. Okay, while well, the audience thinks about questions, I'll ask some more. Um, so, oh, we have a question here. So I'll repeat the question for those of you who are listening into this at home. We've got visually a picture of a very diverse team, some, you know, PhD students and BS students, a diverse group of individuals. What has that been like and kind of these unique perspectives that you've been able to bring to the table as well? So I actually do have to mention, so this is the team. So we've participated all the surprise two years and this is the, this year's team. And we actually had a much bigger team last year, which was a combination between NLP and IR information retrieval lab. So one thing that we are proud actually about this year's team is uh, it's a good mixture of a PhD students and undergraduate students. And the undergraduate students actually do have also different backgrounds too. So we have computer science major, English major, and psychology major here. So which actually brings out very good diversity. And the real best part about this group is all of them are still here. So we can actually extend the work that we have done in the past, uh, last year, mm. and making even more advancement of the technology this year. Very cool. And it's so great to have so many Emory students. Like, what a cool experience for individuals 
for studying this to be able to do things such practically here as well, mm -hmm. right? And kind of really apply their knowledge right away. Mm -hmm. So how do you find, you know, we, we talk about today's world and social media, right? We're addicted to kind of doom scrolling, being on here. How do you find that Amora kind of will interface with that, right? You're talking about how we can talk to it, you know, so I can see in a lot of ways, you know, suicide prevention, conversations, folks who are lonely. I think there's some great benefits there. What are some things that we can be proactive about, especially thinking about 2036, you know, President Fenves's goals of AI with humanity, right? With this touch of bringing us together. How will Amora really interface with all that? I mean, one possibility is that people talk about right now, we're sort of in a state of information overload. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the age of information turns out to sometimes be a little bit different than maybe the age of intelligence or something. Yes. Um, there's kind of just a, a barrage of it coming at, at all of us every day. You know, so this is one maybe, you know, down the road a little bit, but there's some potential if you if you have a conversation model that's able to understand what's happening in, in a back and forth between two individuals, you kind of gain the ability to uh, automatically track the argumentation as it's being you know laid out over potentially multiple you know multiple speakers or information sources. You know, so this isn't necessarily something we're we're right now uh, in the trenches on uh, for that kind of problem. But you know, there's there's some idea there of having a a conversation model be able to you know keep track or better organize or possibly summarize, sort of call down or or uh, simplify all of that information that's out there right now. Yeah, because we we used to be in an age, you know, where it was they always said it was kind of like the arms race, right? Then it was the knowledge race. And search engines have really eliminated that, right? Because the knowledge is out there for those of us who have access to the internet, which still isn't everybody. But for those of us now, it has become who can ask the right questions to get to the knowledge that you want, right? So I think we're all definitely very excited that Emory is so much on the forefront of AI and AI with a, you know, thought behind it and humanity behind it and data privacy behind it. I think people will definitely be excited to hear that. Thank you for the three of you for everything that you're doing, for engaging our students at Emory and for really being on the forefront of this and leading so much in the world of AI. Thank you all who've joined us here in person and those of you who are listening in as well. We hope that you'll continue to listen to the 2036 podcast ex experience and check out the other domes that are here tonight as well. Thank you all again. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. We hope you've enjoyed our conversation with Gino Choi and Sarah and James Finch. You can find more stories from 2036 and dive deeper into their work at 2036.emory.edu. That's 2036.emory.edu. This podcast was developed and produced in partnership with Ideas United and Emory's Division of Advancement and Alumni Engagement. This episode was edited by Ramsey Yunt and contains music by Cymatics and Denise. I'm Munir McJohnny, president of the Emory Alumni Board.